We continue in the saga of King David in that first reading. It might be worthwhile to go back and read that what comes before and there's sections that are skipped and what comes after to get the full picture. But as there, this man is attempting to, to harm and even to kill King David, David's response is, Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. Perhaps the Lord will look upon my affliction and make it up to me with benefits. But a humble position, disposition to have when we face the, the attacks of the world against us. And maybe God is permitting this, and perhaps God will bring good out of it. So rather than immediately taking a posture of self-defense and humility, David is receiving this, these insults and committing them to the will of God. And that will of God, which is on display in the, first, in the gospel, we hear these healings of these, these exorcisms, this casting out of the demons. And if you've been to a baptism, we know that it begins with an exorcism. Before the baby is entered into the waters of baptism, the priest or deacon prays a prayer of exorcism over them of releasing them from the power of the evil one. This is what Christ came to do, to restore. Restore the order that was lost in the world because of the power and the presence of the evil one in our midst. He said, we are legion. A legion in the Roman army was 5,000 soldiers. And this is what the demons said that they were inside of this man. This astronomical number and if we've ever taken the time to examine our conscience before we go to confession, we may not have 5,000 demons inside of us, but we know that there's very many voices, many temptations pulling at us in very many directions. Christ has come to set you free from that. It says here that the man was sitting there clothed in his right mind. The opening prayer this week Ask us to be able to, to, to worship with God with our whole mind. And this, the phrase here has to do with the virtue of temperance, of self-control, of being possessed with inside by God, thinking with God's mind, acting with God's will. This is the goal of the Christian life. And that virtue of temperance, which regulates our sensual passions, our desire for things to feel good, to be comfortable, to, to experience the pleasure, the, the momentary pleasures of this world. Temperance helps us to regulate that. Our bodies are very hungry and thirsty. We want everything immediately. And we overindulge and we fall into the sin of gluttony because we lack the virtue of temperance. Temperance moderates our passions and it goes beyond food and drink. It's how we dress ourselves, the things we buy in the store, how we decorate our homes, what we do on vacation. This temperance, this moderation is what this man experienced as he encountered the mercy of Jesus. So perhaps that could be the virtue we pray for and practice today, temperance, which means we have to do the opposite of fasting and penance, 
self-denial, the things that we hate, the thing that the legion inside of us hates the most, we must force ourselves. Prayer, penance, self-denial. So we can temper and tame the passions to have the control that is a gift and a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we ask for that grace to accept the, the negative things that come our way, to see them through the mind of God. And then we respond with that virtue of temperance, with self-control, as we encounter more and more the mercy of God.